<laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard to be that formal, you know? It's Speaking hard of, to be the queen. Right. Especially queen of diamonds, for example. Yeah, because what happened to her? Yeah, queen I don't diamonds. Desperado. Or, uh-huh. Hey, we go back to talking about Linda Ronstadt again. Yes. Good Lord. Dennis. I don't want to do that. Yes, hey. 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 We have to read each other. This oh. is like podcasting 101. So I say, hey, Dennis, how you doing, Bo? Hey. Hey. And you say, hey, Eric, I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing. Doing fine. Now you are. Got that out. So, you done anything this week? Whew, let's see. Been busy, busy building stuff. Built a gate. I've got two of my one car shed that I've turned, one car shed garage. Right. Turned into a workshop. My neighbor has a garage about the same size. It's a little lower right next to it. There's a four and a half foot space between the two buildings. Painted it. Had it painted. It's, I it bartered. Did I tell you this? I bartered the carpentry work for my neighbor's barn for him to pay for painting my to my walls. It was a great barter arrangement. You did. To talk about. Yes. Yeah. T- tell me. So uh, my neighbor's house is getting painted. It's done now. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And the company of Kalamazoo, who can be trusted to do a good job, is Bats Painting. Bats Painting. And Chris is here and painted the house. And he says, in order for us to paint the garage, somebody's got to replace the rotted wood. It's in the bottom of the garage. Mm-hmm. Where because the rain comes off the roof, it splashes, the mud gets on the boards, and over 100 years, they rot it. Mm-hmm. But he can't get his carpenter, who charges 75 bucks an hour. So he asked me to do it, and I'm like, I'm uncomfortable taking money f- from my neighbors. But right. I'll tell you what. You said, but I sure do carpenter. Huh? You said, I carpenter. <laughs> well, I might have said something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. I do carpenter. Yes. And, uh, and I said, but if you'll spray paint that inside wall that nobody can see, my barn, the same color as his, and paint the back, which nobody can see the same color as his, I'll trade you. You do the spraying, and you pay for the paint, and I'll do the carpentry. You scratch my back. And and so I saved my neighbor $300. Nice. And what I did was I saved myself $300 and exchanged it for six and a half hours work. Amen. So I'm very happy about it. But anyway, today I built a gate. When it's finished, I'll show you pictures. You're going to look at it and say, wow, that's a gate that you're going to go through maybe once a year to get your ladder. <laughs> maybe you overdid it a little. <laughs> Sweet gate, bro. <laughs> Sweet gate. And it's a high gate as opposed to a low gate. I'm going to turn it into an extended gate. Boy, these all sound like political scandals. Check this, man. The hinge Barter gate. gate is five foot long. Five foot hinge? The hinge for the gate is five foot long. Wow. It's almost as big as Stonehenge. It's not a six foot gate. Right. <laughs> so how many hinges have you seen that are five feet long? You've never seen one. I've never seen a five foot hinge. Can you I think imagine? I can... what... It looks I... more like a zipper than a hinge. Truthfully, it looks like the teeth on a zipper. But door's not falling off. Anyway, my neighbor's happy with the gate. I'm going to paint it the colors of their barn because they've got paint handy. Right there. I Mm -hmm. turn around and say, I better paint this. I wonder if I should paint it gray like my barn or brown like theirs. I look over to my left and there's a gallon of brown paint. (laughs) I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Presented unto me. Nice. Thought, perception, materialization, utilization, and then 
relaxation. Yeah, so speaking of painting, my Happy Hour Studios that I'm setting up has been getting painted this past. It was supposed to take a week, but it's going on like week two and a half. Because, We're talking you know, about a surprise issue. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, before we painted, and I bought my desk, and I had already set up my workstation there with my standing desk and my monitors yeah. mounted so they were floating above the desk. And when the painter said they were coming, I unhooked my monitors and a TV that we had over there and brought them over to our house across the hall. And and they put some plastic over my standing desk. I left all my cables. So, so I've been working just, like I'm used to working with my laptop screen and two other monitors. And for the past two weeks, I've just had my laptop. But wow. so today they That's finally- That's different. What they, a downer, man. I know, man. Three screens to one. My little six-inch computer is about all I have. It's not the size that matters. I need an upgrade, man. Why don't you, you, you need your IT come guy. stay with us? Yeah. You'd be my IT guy from Spain. All right, virtually. Well, I mean, come here. Come here and do it virtually? Do it Fly okay. me over and then have a Zoom call from the other room? <laughs> yeah. What did we do once at, at, in Morganton was we recorded one of these when we were in the same room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's available to, the video of that is available to Patreons at patreon.com. Oh, really? Yeah. The, uh, so anyway, so today, finally... After two weeks, they said, hey, man, you got to choose a color. And so I, they gave me this color swatch book uh-huh. that is pretty much infinite. And I, my, at that point, my wife was not in town, so I took a photo and sent it to her. And she said, how about EN5279-B7? And I was like, yeah, that looks fine. Because yeah, it's freaking it? indistinguishable from white. But there's so many off-whites that it's yeah. just... If you showed me one color and told me this was A and showed me another color and told me this was B and then put them behind your back and pulled one of them out, like 50 fucking 50 that I could tell you which one it was. They're just identical. So anyway, today they started painting and they painted a part of a wall. So they've got the walls all uh, down to just like white plaster. Um, yeah. Is it the plaster board? I know... They so they sanded all of the all the little bumpy bits off, and then I think oh. they've gone over it with, I don't know. It's white and flat. It's not. Oh, flat. They probably went over the thing with some type of a, yeah. Yeah, with a sander like a mortar, sort of thing, like a mortar that smooth out the. Yeah. And and so anyway, you'll, so, you'll know how smooth that is only after it's been painted. It's oh. pretty darn smooth now. Oh my god! Wow, amateur what hour. A story. What the hell? Wow. Turn off your phone. You so, call yourself a producer, you don't produce anything but chaos. It's true. You call yourself a director, you direct nothing but chaos. So they, so today they... Don't change the subject, Dr. Chaos. I'm, excuse me, my, my name is Agent of Chaos. <laughs> That's my official title. Know. No wonder you wouldn't respond. I should have known. I didn't even notice that number tattooed on your forehead. That's like a little bulletin board for your new identity essay. Mm, indeed. I'm not allowed to talk about it, though. They, so today, they knock on the, on my door and they say, hey, we've, we've painted part of this wall, the color that you chose. And I go over there and I'm just like, which part of the wall? Really? And they're like, they're like right here. And they, they had this big, uh, this big sort of light that they shone on it. And I was like, I can't, where did you paint? And finally, when they took it away, and he pointed to the slight border where one part is a little bit more gray, because we've gone with a grayish white. And as um, it turns out, the grayish white closely matched the mortar. Well, color. Uh, look, obviously, look, it all looks white to me, man. And a, are you colorblind? 
No. No? I don't think so. Do you have some type of seeing impairment that you Very, would, or do you think that do you think that if I stood in front of it I'd say the same thing? I think you probably would. And and I said, Hold on, let me take a photo to show my wife. And he said, No, don't bother. The, the difference won't show up in a photo. <laughs> huh. There you go. Exactly. And and if I, once I sat there and let my eyes adjust and he put away the damn bright light, I could detect where the paint, when the paint had stopped. But it should have felt different. It should have felt smoother. I wasn't touching it. Why didn't you touch it? Wasn't it dry? I was evaluating color. <laughs> so, God, I hate to I use my more eyeballs than, more than for one that. Of your, one of your six senses at once, you know, but you can sniff look it and touch at the same time. Did not sniff it. But, huh? That's you know, another way you would have told. You would have been. exactly. So one the part that was painted smells like. Complete the sentence. The one that was painted would smell like. Dot dot dot. Gray. Here, gray. <laughs> oh wait, wrong sense. Wait, <laughs> paint. Oh, you're hysterical. Yeah. So it. So I said, yeah, sure, let's go with that. And so. So the question is simple. Do you like the color your room is right now? Because essentially, it's going to be like that, but a little shinier. Yeah. Like, yes, the good. answer is yes. Yeah. You like the color of the walls as they sanded them? Sure. And do you think that Just, the sanded walls are exactly uniform all through the room, or do you think that's one of the reasons that they need paint? It's because they're not uniform, and paint would make them uniform in terms of tone and depth and color. Mortar, if it's on thicker, it might look different than it's on thinner. I haven't really evaluated all that closely, but I imagine, I don't know, man, like, this is one of these things that I just can't bring myself to care that much about. Uh, and it's if a, you go in the room is painted hideously, you'll you might say, sure. What if the fine print is that they're gonna write your name is in four foot letters all right. across the room that you missed that part. So Maybe if you're cool, gonna walk in a room that's got your name and it's spelled wrong. It's spelled with a Oh, okay. K. That hurts. With a K. My name is spelled with a K. Silly. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, you can paint a room badly, but of yeah, the like 4,000 off-whites that are available to choose from, I don't really care which. What color is the trim board? Good question. The trim is a dark right. wood color. Oh, is it uh, actual, actual stained wood. wood? Yes. Stained, what kind of wood? Pine? Super cheap wood, yeah, probably. Whitish? It's it's darker than that. Um, it's darker because it's stained. Did you see it when it was put up before it was stained, or did they no. put it up stained? No, they, they so they took away all of the what, what do you call it? the part that goes around footboard. the footboard? Okay, yeah, the they, they took away all of trim, those trim board. and they said, look, these are old and crappy, and they have drops of paint on them from the last time that some people painted here. And would they you like us? Would you like us to put on new ones? And I, and I, I said, how much is that going to be? And he was like, that's going to be like 300 bucks. And I said, sure, yeah. That's just the baseboard, though, right? There's no crown molding. So trim board at the bottom and then around the doors. Yes, around and then around the, the doors is the same color. And the windows as well, then. It's around the doors. It's around the windows. Yeah. So he asked if we wanted the same color or white to match the, match the walls. And nice. we... I talked it over with my wife, and we were like, I don't know. We don't really have an opinion on this. So I asked the, the painter, I said, what would you do? And he said, it's up to the customer to choose. But in, in my house, I have white ones, and I like it. And I said, fine, put white ones. I thought you said they were 
st stained. They were, and I imagine around the doors, they're still going to be stained to match the door jam, but I don't know. We'll see. You don't seem to be very involved in this job. Do you tell the painter? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just, you're the painter. Paint, you man. the paint. Yeah. And just hope I like it. Come on, I'm busy. I'm my new office, trying to... Yes. In my old office, because I can't be in my, my new office. In. Yeah. My old office. I yeah. Mean, in my old office, relocated is my new office. Right. So it's, hey. I don't know, I can't... I want an opinionated person to come in and just take care of all of this shit for me. You're asking your painter to also be your designer, which is a good sense. And I told you the story of my painter who were outside the house and like a lot of porches in the old days at the floor and the outside wall of the porch, they would have a little place for moisture to run out of the porch. And okay. that little half moon cut out from the outside is it about four and a half feet off the ground because you've got three steps to get to the porch mm -hmm. and the porch floor is painted brown and my painter said what color you want me to paint that board there and he said i said it's the same wood as the inside of the house so it's brown and he said you sure you don't want it gray like all the outside trim and i said it doesn't seem consistent i said and he said so here's the question do you want to feature that little place in your front of your porch there it is and I said, featured. He said, yeah, draw the eye to it right away. Is that what you want people to look at? Or do you want them to look, for example, at your door or your mailbox, your old fancy mailbox or your mm -hmm. doorknob? Or, or do you want them to glance over and notice that there seems to be a brown floor sticking out <laughs> of the front of your porch? <laughs> so this, he knows the stuff. Right, he's in there doing I think he, all day. Yeah, that's right. And he knows what works. And he knows when he's listened to customers and they do something that he really doesn't think is right and he doesn't say anything and then they become unhappy and they want him to fix it which of course would make him more money but as a painter you'd rather not have to fix it right you'd rather be done and be done you've got another customer to go to you don't need to stay with this one for the rest of the summer but yeah i, I saw the door the gate in the alleyway between the two outbuildings i found it in the dumpster at lowe's you've heard this story before the employees at lowe's apparently say this is dirty or it was part of a larger structure. The door has no use. We don't need the building anymore. So they tear the building apart and they throw the whole thing into a dumpster. And it's got a door that's six foot by three and three feet wide with a five foot hinge on it. Yes. And it's built out of external plywood structure, built well, although with staples rather than screws. And there it is in the dumpster. So now it's my gate. I feel very... Dumpster gate. That's the name of our standard. Ah, That's a good one. Got it. I feel very useful. When I do stuff like that, when, when I you, when, it, when instead of going to the dump, I repurpose it. Go to the dumpster. Yes. <laughs> to the dump, to the dump, to the dumpster we go. To the dump, to the dump, to the dump we go. To the dump, to the dump, to the dump we go. To the dump, to the dump, to the dump we go. Ah, to the dump. And we found a gate. Nice. <laughs> you sound like a squeaky mouse. We find a gate. Found a gate. We find a gate. That's a gate. good. Good news. Yeah. On your gate. Gateway. On my gate. gate. Gateway drug. Right. Dumpster gate. That's the title of this episode. That's has ah, to be. Well, you seem to know it when you hear it, don't you? Yes. There's never a doubt. Well, you never end an episode without knowing the name of it. Maybe when you edit. One or once or twice, I've been like, oh man, I did this whole edit, and I. No particular phrase jumped out at me, but usually, yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about the video you sent me 
of Elliot, who got the part uh, of Elliot in E.T. Yes. And the name of the video is You Got the Job, Kid, because I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized. How can a child just, do that? Just, he just did it. He lived it. He just did it. I'm, I, I don't know when I've been more impressed with, with a, a tryout. Right. You know, I've seen a lot of them. We've seen a lot of them. So what, what did you audition? The word. Yeah, I I subscribe to this newsletter that that sends me news highlights, and that's where I get. I don't go looking for news, but I will skim this email that tells me, oh, the Taliban has done this, or celebrity has died, or and they always end the the newsletter with a they call it a click roulette where I, this is a link to somewhere that is interesting. And it's almost always to a YouTube video. But this one was the, the title, of course, as you said, was You Got the Job, Kid. That's and amazing. It, um, it was just, this will be in the show notes. Hey, you know what episode we're on now? In the show notes at happyhour.fm slash one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Going up. One, yeah. two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. When so, you add them together, that's the number of our listeners. It's amazing. Some type of voodoo-like yes. math. One plus two plus, yep, that's our listener count. Not a good night. Well, the, it's been uh, splendid here. The weather has been in the 70s. There's been just enough rain. It's beautiful. We, we went out to dinner at an outdoor patio, a place nearby called Martell's in Kalamazoo. It never disappoints, never disappoints. Three different types of outdoor seating. And the third isn't open yet. But Stool, a bench, and a chair. <laughs> you could you could turn that into a Karnak joke. <laughs> That's the answer. What's the question? What, what do you mean by three different types of outdoor seating? An original brick patio that's been there for years, and then recently an extended wooden patio that goes off the front of it toward the lake, and the lake has a giant fountain, a water spout actually, rather than a fountain would be a better term. And a straw patio. Um, a? A straw patio? From the first little pig? Oh, no. Oh, not straw. Not sticks. Wood. You said Planks. wood and brick, so I figured... Kind? Oh, God. It's interesting you say that because on the on the one side of the building where the original patio was, yeah. there's a green space that's about 40 feet, 35 feet, and then goes swoops down to the lake. Mm-hmm. Another view of the lake. And they covered up the grass with a weed cover <clears throat> straw and then what do you think they spread some straw over it i think so i think the three little pigs built this cool uh... if they did because you're a little thing here would have made it but they didn't mm-hmm. they went directly to stone so you want to change the three little piggies to brick and stone or sticks then sticks stone, then bricks brick. then no bri- it's got to go stick brick stone no i disagree brick is stronger than stone brick is stronger than stone sure because mm-hmm. it's uniform and uh, Stone has got weak points. Well, see what our listeners think about this. Uh, they can write <laughs> in. How will we do that? Now you're just making shit up. What do you mean? <laughs> we have an email address. We do? Yeah. Send me an email. I didn't, I've never used it. It's happyhourdotfm at gmail.com. I'm not writing it down. Send it to me, you lazy shit. Go to the website, hey, uh, and there's like a button. Hey, did you watch uh, 40? Or you didn't have time to watch 40? I watched the first 20 minutes of it last night. Enough this to, is 40, I should say. Yes. Enough, enough to remind you? Enough to realize that I love these characters and this is going to be 
a silly the jaunt through. Apatow's writing is just yeah. hilarious. It, he nails it. The two girls in there are his daughters. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Which makes it for some fascinating stuff. And his eldest daughter just knocks it out of the ballpark. Just knocks it. Kills it. Yeah, I will says, watch. Says to her parents at one point, what do you mean you don't want me to say fuck? You say fuck all the time. So fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and later the father remarks, our children have some real problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I will I will watch any Paul Rudd movie yeah. sometimes. He's he a, is. He, oh, I told you to, to wait for the credits, right? For the credits to right. roll. Of course. But I'll, I'll leave that in. at that. Yes. But you, ha we had an exchange about the British Australian series. I think it's Australian on British. Yep, the end. The end. And I've got to say that my HBO menu is confusing, so it was real weird and it was screwed up. I think I might have missed that episode, but it appears that I finished them all. Yes. And e you You asked me over email. About the ending. You asked me over email that you didn't notice when the protagonist got together with her patient's widower, which is a wild thing to say. But and I, I went back and I scrubbed through some of the episodes that that I had. And there's one where it starts where they are getting up from bed and getting dressed. And I looked at the previous episode and there wasn't a moment there wasn't a hop into bed moment. It was just that's uh, what I meant. She came, no, but th that wasn't a thing. She came over and told him, she confessed that she hadn't thrown away all of the drugs. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, that's all it was. And then she didn't really? that night. Yeah. It, and the next thing we see is that they're crawling they're, out of bed with each other? Yeah. So It, it seemed to me, and, and I'll make this remark now that I've heard that, particularly that it was a bit herky-jerky from episode to episode, which... And it was partly because I had to jump between what HBO was listening is two different year, two different series. series this year and then that year, and I patched it together. But tell me your thoughts on the ending, and let's, let's just spoil it, you know, completely. But I really want to talk about it. Or it's been a couple. It's, it's been a couple of weeks, so I don't. Re she there, she's got her kids on the beach. The scene opens, right? And they're standing there, and she says, "You don't have to do this." And, and uh, yeah, Tom they all says, take their clothes off. And, uh, and Granny. Everybody takes their clothes off into their bathing suit, and Granny, Edie, says, I didn't bring my suit. And then she says, oh, fuck it. And she goes naked. Yep. And then everybody does. Yep. And then they run to the ocean, and they're naked. But then the next scene is a beach full of naked people, presumably all dead people. But I don't oh, know right. that for sure. Yeah, all of their... But, but they included the people we know who were dead in the series. Right. So one would presume it wasn't a mixture of live and dead. But there was a strange transcendence between current reality and Katie's plan and desire to get her family to jump into the ocean and Edie's decision to go all natural mm -hmm. was mesmerizing to me. I just thought it was the most clever fucking thing. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, wow, they, they just did that. And, and, the, and the, I think, too, that I wonder, you've been to Australia. You've been to New Zealand? No. So the, in Australia, in Sydney, where, where much of this takes place, yep. is it really like they're portrayed here? It's like, for many, it's all about the water, huh? Yes. We discussed this when I got back, because we, we recorded one episode when I was in Sydney. Yes. Uh, when it was like 9 a.m. and I got a beer out of my friend's fridge and we were 
we were talking. We were. But as you may recall, my friend is big into the nippers, which is this class for kids to learn to learn water safety and beach safety. And they all the kids dress in these in these super hot pink wetsuits. And there was a scene in this series of kids wearing pink uh, wetsuits running into the water at one point. So, like, the nippers made an appearance. But right, that's a right. really common... That's like Boy Scouts. Right. For the Australians, or Girl Scouts. And they that's just a thing that you put your kids through. And my friend is one of the fathers that, that helps out with that every week. But the Australians, of course, nobody... Like, they all live on the coast, basically. And water safety is a really high priority because the water is dangerous. And every year, thousands of people get pulled out and drowned and but it's almost always tourists because the locals are so well trained in in and have such a respect and reverence for the sea that which i think came through in that final scene where they understand what the water is and respect it and And how to respect it right so what were your impressions then of the of the naked dead people on the beach scene it's it's a representation of where her mind is and she's thinking about those that are no longer there and how some of them were helped in their transition and some were not and her desire to continue helping at the end she laid down some rules about how look this is how we're going to do this now uh i'm going to always have the drugs on me i'm not going to be like passing out pills um, and you're making a great point about her epiphany moment when she fell off the wagon and then came up yes. for air after that. I think that what she said to her family in the manner of speaking was, we're all going to join hands and we're going to experience what it means to be alive. Yes. We're going to experience it. what it means to just be focused on being happy in this world. And they went into the water and like you are in the water. You, and when there's waves and there's shit going and it's warm and it's wonderful, you're just there. You can't right? be worried about no, your mortgage because you, there's a wave coming and you have to be prepared for it. There's nothing. Your attention is riveted from the enormity of the experience. And you really, your little pea brain can't really bring anything else into it. What? It's, if the thought came, what about that? What about that paper that's due, that overdue bill? Right. Your brain is like... <laughs> A way hey, to smack the shit out of you. We'll fill up here, man. We're <laughs> sorry. We got no more room. We're good. Come back tomorrow when he's exhausted from this. See ya. Slam. Slams the door, which is actually a gate found in the dumpster at Lowe's. Five foot hinge. How long? Five foot, baby. Five foot hinge. Makes me cringe. It's important. Not a fringe. Has anybody seen my hinge? Words Two inches wide, full of pride. Every time I'm so wild-eyed, has anybody seen my hinge? Well, it's long and straight. Dumpster gate covered with tin. Lollipops, quarter-mid-dops. who let the monkey in? 60-inch hinge. We should do a documentary. <laughs> hey, speaking of documentaries, did you have a chance to 
look at the Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, and the other dude, the docuseries they've got. They've done six. You sent me a, a YouTube link that said this will not play in your in your country, and you gave no other context. So is that what you're referring oh, to? So Bill Hader and the dude with the curly hair, I don't, I can't remember his name. Is it Sam? Maybe it's, I can't remember. That's too bad. But he, Smith, Seth Myers is the writer, mm-hmm. and they did parodies of six different, so far, parodies of six different documentaries. Mm. And one of them that I was just couldn't wait, I was hoping that they would show it in the what I sent you was actually this long interview with clips nice. that they did at near the release. And the one that I love was, of course, the parody of the Eagles. Because I, and I don't know if you ever saw it. It was long. It was two or three episodes. It was long, long. I, and we talked about it, but I don't know that you ever saw it. There is a documentary about the Eagles that I'm aware yes. of, but I don't know that I've seen much okay. of it. Okay, at any rate, it was hilarious the way that they, they played on it. And the riff was, and Hater, of course, is so hilarious in these interviews. Of course. He said, the thing that struck us about the, about the Eagles documentary, he said, here these guys are singing these sweet melodies and these love songs, but they're just badass motherfuckers beating each other up and threatening each other, swearing at each other. He says, like, Don Henley was a motherfucker. He was going to beat people up for nothing. And then they get so on the mic and they're talking is, about, oh, my darling. Is pussy love songs for pussies <laughs> by, by, this, by this tough band. Nice. Oh, Eric, we got to see it. All right. And I don't know what... I, think I do I love a good... Those are called mockumentaries. Mockumentary, that's... Like, for example... Death of the Rock and Roll that Rob Reiner did. yeah. The hell is that movie called? Uh, oh, that was Spinal Tap. And there's one where there's where they're at a dog show, and there's those same people have made several documentaries, and they're so good. Yeah. But all right, now I will put that into my homework, or at least future what? editing. Which Eric part? Will. This Bill Hader. Uh, oh, oh yes. The thing is, we if you see the clip, it's one thing, but I got to get my shit straight so I can see the series. I'm highly motivated. I I just. Haters just, he is to me about the funniest man alive. I just, yeah, he's so good. Oh, so excellent. I saw, so my family has returned. Re Rodriguez, the house is full again. It's nada, and exactly. And trash appears here and there. And the cat came back to, they had the cat, uh, Blaze. And so he, he and I get along really well. Everyone else, the cat who plays with matches. Yes. He attacks everyone else, uh, but he's very nice with me. And he, he comes and lies down on my desk next to my laptop and spends hours of the day with me while I'm working in a nice way, in the way that I hoped having a cat would, would be. Um, okay. He, he's about five months old now, and so he's no longer right. a little kitten, but he's right. still a super playful adolescent. Right. And <laughs> turns out... God. What? I love your kitty. I do. And he's he's discovered that my fingers, when I'm typing and using the trackpad, look a lot like a prey that might should be attacked. <laughs> and that might cause some misspellings. But I've instituted a policy of if he bothers me while I'm working, I pick him up and I put him on the floor, and then it takes him yeah. you know 15 seconds to get back up onto the desk. And if he does it again, then he goes back on the floor. And he's getting slowly to the point after less than a week that right. he's respecting my my space. What was the video? that you sent me where the white cat, like a white was, plastic was cat, a head banging. you said that it was like all the rage in Europe. What was that? No, that was that was the video where, where Trump was dancing and 
there's this meme of a cat that probably they just had a treat or something and they were moving it up and down uh, in the way that you can make a cat headbang. Right. And, but it's, it was set to that. And I don't know, there were a bunch of memes going around that. But so anyway, before, before my family arrived, I still had time to play with Netflix and Apple TV. And I watched this Apple TV Plus show that is a remake of a 1980s Steven Spielberg production called Amazing Stories. Do you remember anything about that? Uh, it's actually based on a book from like the 1920s, but it's this, there are in the, in what's on Apple TV Plus, there are five episodes and they are all- About a guy getting struck by lightning five times? No, but may, that might've been one of the ones in 1980, but these are five really well-executed examples of common sci-fi tropes. And so there's, there's one where a, where a teenager dies and she's a ghost and she can only talk to her best friend but, and to avenge her, not to avenge her death, but to help solve the crime or whatever. And there's another one where there's an alien that comes and possesses a body of a coma patient and what that entails. But my very favorite one, and I've always been a sucker for these for this particular trope, is the very first of those five episodes is a time, and we've talked about this, a time travel love story. And the, the premise is there's this millennial kid who is helping his brother restore old houses. And he couldn't really care less about restoring houses, but he's, he knows how to do the work. But he's all the time looking at his phone and swiping on Tinder and blah, blah, blah. And he's in this old house and the, there's a storm and the power goes out and he goes down to check the breaker and something happens. He hears this noise in his ears and he has to close his, close his eyes and grasp his head. And when he opens his eyes, he's still in the basement of this old house, but he goes up the basement stairs and the house is all furnished and like in a way that, that it wasn't, it was all empty before. Sure. And he's gone from 2019 to 1919 when the house was at its heyday. And uh, there's cool. this... But before he goes back, he's breaking apart things, and he finds this little box that has a that has a matchbook with the word cabbage written in it. Cabbage. And, cabbage, and a and an old photograph of a woman in a wedding dress. And he like puts that in his pocket. And anyway, he ends up traveling back with that photograph. And so anyway, he 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 ends up finding this woman, and and she like pulls out a shotgun and says, "Get the fuck out of my house! I don't know who you are, strange man." And and he's like, "I just have to get back. I have to find my brother. I have to get back to the future." Anyway, so he goes outside, and everyone is like riding horse-drawn carriages, and the local bar is closed because of prohibition, and he realizes that oh shit, this is weird. Anyway, he ends up befriending the woman and telling, convincing her with the photograph that he really is from the future because she says, "I've never been photographed," and then her. Her fiance says, hey, before our wedding, I've, I've arranged for you to have a, your photograph taken. She's like, holy shit, this really is true. Anyway, it's a good... There are other, actors? Anybody I would know? Not a single famous person. Huh. Which I, I really love stuff where it's really well acted and I don't know a single person because I can't put anyone into any boxes. These are all... Uh -huh. The woman looks a little bit like Rachel McAdams, which, of course, is the time traveler's wife but it's it was really good and all of them are all five of them and so you've seen many of these we, we can talk about the, who's the pierce he Russell. was in marv east eastwood mayor of Gary east pierce, town. No, guy pierce guy pierce yeah guy pierce was in a great uh time machine and that was a remake of black and white maybe even back in the day and then we've seen back to the future and we've seen which is a series and then there's 
the time traveler's wife and on what's your what do you think what's your favorite which two questions two part questions you better write this down. number one what's your favorite number two why go do, 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 do. The first time travel love story that I saw, I think, was was a 1980 movie called Somewhere in Time, filmed almost entirely on Mackinac Island. No shit. In the Great Hotel. So it was easy to go 100 years back in time because... You got Mackinac, all there already. Mackinac Hotel. Yeah. The Grand, what's it called? So, so like Grand. the Grand Hotel, I think it's called. And they, so they had to break the rules to have some cars there at the, in, in the future setting. And then they could go back to, uh, oh, yeah. to having just the horses there. And, and Tourism Bureau made a pile of money on that. This movie stars Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour. Really? when she was at her most, most gorgeous. What's the name of it? Somewhere in Time. Write that down. And the concept, and this movie scared me when I was a kid, uh, because it the concept, Christopher Reeve is, I don't know what the heck his, his job is, but some, for some reason he goes, maybe he's a, I don't want to be all Clark Kent, but he might be a journalist or something. For some reason he goes to some some event where he's maybe he's a historian or something and and he's a speaker at the at this event and as he's leaving the event this old woman comes up to him and says come back to me sand seymour and jane is the actress actress's name but and he's what the hell was that he didn't think more of it but then he like starts learning that oh actually there's this way to time travel where if you if you go to a place that existed in your destination time and you dress like you should be in that destination time and you have all the right coins from your destination time and you go there and you meditate and focus on being in that time that you can wake up and be in that time and so he goes to the grand hotel and he does that and he wakes up and he walks he he goes into the hotel when there are cars all around and he walks out and there are only horses all around which i think is hilarious knowing what mackinac island's uh, gimmick is right right Uh, right and and so he's there dressed properly for the time and bumps into and falls in love with this actress played by Jane Seymour. And they are madly in love. And at some point he, and he spends days or a week there or something. And at some point, somewhat of a spoiler, the thing that freaked me out as a kid was he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a modern penny. And that destroys his sense of illusion and makes him disappear from that time and appear back in the present. Uh, because it, it pulls him out of where he was. It's a paradox had, sort of uh, thing. Because he had, he had convinced himself that he belonged in that time, but then he found this penny in his pocket or something, and it pulled him back out. Ah, that's and, unique. And, and yeah, that's your favorite? It's It was the first one that really blew my mind, and the idea that yeah. you could have this romantic relationship and then really be pulled so far out that the person that you had been in love with is now 80 years older or 60 years older than you it was wild. So I don't right. know if that's my absolute favorite. I would, I it sounds like it very well uh, could be. It was be. influential. Or even would be. And, and of course, I'm, I've am i seen them all, and nothing compares to The Time Traveler's Wife to me. Yeah. It's just, it's nearly flawless movie to me. Yeah. One of those. And Eric Banyo is, that, I've seen him in many roles, 
that is his best character. A loving, caring, really fucking confused guy. Yeah, I was going to say, confused was the next adjective I was expecting. You know, and, and I've seen him in some real strong roles, but that's my favorite one. But So where would you go? If you could only go backwards, knowing that you couldn't change anything, knowing where that, would you go? Where would you go and when? Knowing that I was guaranteed not to change anything? Knowing that no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't change anything. It was impossible. You might think that you could, but you couldn't. What was that flying through your room? Is a that the ghost? I don't see anything. But there was it definitely was something like caught on camera. Light. There was an orb. It was. It actually was. You don't film these, do you? No, the, the video is recorded. I'm saving that for super posterity, but it was just an orb in my room. Only caught on my it camera was. behind me. It was. What were we talking about immediately before then that caused the orb to appear? We were, well, exactly. Hey, it's a time traveler. It's a time traveler. Uh, we were, you were asking uh, if I could time travel and be guaranteed that I couldn't uh, change anything. Uh, where, where would you, right. Uh, Just as kind of a, a, a rule or expectation. Right. So one of the interesting things about this amazing stories thing that I saw where the guy found this box with this picture of a woman and a matchbox. The word cabbage, by the way, turns out to be the password to get into the local speakeasy. It's prohibition. But he himself, back in the past, then places the box behind the board in the house to causally close the loop on him, then him, future him finding it. Future right. him, but past him, for right. remember. Anyway, right. the, and I'm, I'm reminded, your question reminded me of the Stephen King uh, novel about the JFK assassination, where this guy figures out a way to travel back in time and goes and meets up with Lee Harvey Oswald and is... I, didn't, I don't know anything about this. Who did this? Stephen King wrote a book. There's a TV miniseries. What, Dennis, what was the date that Kennedy got shot? November 22nd, 1962. <sighs> Almost. 63. That's the title of the book. 11 and there's a TV miniseries based on it, starring none other than who? James Franco as the Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's pretty good. But the, and that's another time travel love story where he he goes back in time and and falls in love with this school teacher, who then like leaves clues and stuff. But yeah, anyway, it. But ultimately, that event was so important for the universe that he, it's impossible to be stopped. But yeah, if you could if I could go back to any time, I. The other day, I was, I might have mentioned it here. I was, I have this like a classic rock radio thing that I put on when I'm working and concentrating. And there were like two Led Zeppelin songs back to back. And I decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go and listen to Led Zeppelin's albums from one to four, as they happen to be named. And I, so I, and it's, I don't know, I went through a phase as a teenager where there was, I had a, I had access to a box set. And so for me, almost all of those songs, it's, every album is a greatest hits. But so you'd go back to Led Zeppelin days? Well, hold on. But they, the, if I only get one travel, then probably not. But the fact that in 1969, they put out their first album and their second album, like within 12 months, just to be a fly on the wall to watch that creativity happen, because right. they are so influenced by the blues and 
Oh yeah, uh, Hendrix and those old days. Uh, I, and I've said this before. Their concerts in the early days would include a acoustic set, right? Where they had nothing fancier than three metal chairs, and sat down. And Robert Plant played the harmonica and sang, and yeah, like Page the, played acoustic, plugged-in guitar, bass player. That would be amazing. Just, and frankly, the same thing can be seen with the Stones, which Mick Jagger is one of the unheralded guitar players. Yeah, I've never been a big Stones fan. I've, well, you, you've got some type of, of framework for that. Feeling. Yeah, I don't know what it would be, but yeah, I don't know. I, like they're a talented group of men, so I'm not sure what you're. I I I like their work, but you don't like their persona. I know because uh, they were bad boys, and you were a good boy. You were a Beatles man. He thought Paul McCartney was cute, and their haircut was my, cute. My parents never There's had Mick Jagger with his big sexy big lips, yeah. and it scared you. She said, oh, no, man, those guys are dirty. They're greasy. Those are bad rock and rollers. I like the Beatles. You know the, the Stones logo of the big lips and the tongue sticking out? Yes. Um, my my 12-year-old daughter recently bought a T-shirt as a birthday present for her 13-year-old best friend that was full of different colored versions of that logo. And I, I asked both of them, I said, do you guys know what this logo is or about or anything? And they're like, no, no idea. Okay, I'm old now. Okay, back to the question. If, of course, it depends on so many different parameters. If, if I'm going back and observing only, uh, or if I could be in danger, awfully curious to see what the dinosaurs were like. Yeah. And also... So so you're imagining you're going back in time as yourself and witnessing these things in your current body so that you don't go back in the future and you're, in fact, a fucking caveman. Which, right. I don't know if you would even notice the difference no, that much. No, no. Given uh, your... Demeanor, your hunched yes. attitude, your incredibly hairy back. I've never seen uh, hair. When you wear a, a tank top, I, I'm like, oh, God, cover it up. I, I try not. You look like a, a worse version of Robin Williams. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> the hairiest comedian who ever lived. No, curious about the dinosaurs. Curious to see what, if anything, this person that we now call Jesus was like. Ah. Uh, that's because that's so much of you, that story is made up. That, um, think of this. That's one of those events. You'll see the spider monkeys. That some would say had an impact on the way the world is. The writing about the events had an impact. Because all of the eyewitness accounts of that were written like 50 years after they happened. So this is like someone today writing about... 1820. About the Vietnam War as if it was like happening now or earlier i'd be curious to see that because there are some fairly compelling theories to suggest that it might have all been made up in general but because so much of the story of what we know of as jesus is so similar to known previously existing stories and i don't know that, i'd be curious to know the truth on that and everyone I'd be curious to know what my parents and grandparents were like. At, huh. uh, that, that's fascinating. Always, I, always at my age. Like I, when they were my age, I knew them, but but to know to see what they were like as, as children or something would be interesting. Well, you say that last thing, and it reminds me of this uh, stunning black and white picture of my great grandfather, certainly my grandfather, and an uncle. And the uncle looks like I looked in my freshman high school 
photo, right? But with a mustache, and maybe 28, 29 years old. And I wonder what it'd be like to return, start with that when that photo was taken, observing it being taken, right? And then either work backwards or forwards. But and see what that looks like. It's striking how much he looked like I look. Yeah. But I like to go to the Wild West. I like to go to the the wooden towns and the muddy streets and be there. Stinky, stinky. And uh, I might want to be a bar owner. Sliding the shot glass across the bar. Might end up being a sheriff or a U.S. marshal. Interesting. I, I think the Western and so much of the historical stuff, we don't... Like Shit, the, they're coming to get me. Yeah, you're the sheriff, ain't you? <laughs> that was short-lived. <laughs> Gotta go. So much of the Western stuff, like, they don't show how hard it was to get dressed and undressed and how, and just you get to bathe once a month. And yeah, you have that. to shit out. If you are lucky enough to have doors around where you shit, then that's nice. But no, there's, a famous there's no plumbing that. in in the Western towns, right? Famous book about that. that I think it's maybe in paperback now, but it's The Mistake of Poison Ivy, colon, Shitting in the Wilderness by a famous Indian Cherokee, Squat and Leave It. It was, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. Nice, yes. It, so if you go too far back in time, you end up in... And you think, maybe I want to go back and see Medieval Knights or something. But that was... Right. The streets were well, what happens you too. end up in the dinosaurs and you show up and the first thing that happens is a fucking brontosaurus steps in you and fucking squishes you. That's the thing about time travel, too, is you got to assume for our own... Our That's why I was putting caveats on it. Am I just yeah. going back as a ghost to observe? Because No, I don't think I don't think ghost does it. I think you've got to be there and be able to participate. And I think the thing is where you show up I like the idea to some degree of a mixture of what happens in the time traveler's wife and in somewhere in time with Reeves and Seymour where you plan for it. Right. But the thing about time traveler's wife, which is the the core of it, which makes it different, is it's unknown when it happens and it's unknown why. All the other ones are about figuring out how to do it and doing it. It's, is it the only one that it's unintentional time travel? I wouldn't be surprised. There's a Michael Crichton novel, and Michael Crichton is definitely one of my top favorite yes. authors. And, but he has this formula where it's take something that's we that science knows to be true, tweak one little thing about it that makes it interesting and to turn it into science fiction, and then explore that world if that were true. Right. And he's got a time travel book called Timeline, where, and it's so Crichton, it's so, there's a rich uh, guy like in Jurassic Park, and they assemble this team, like in Sphere, where they get all these experts together. And one of the experts is this guy that is the leading expert on medieval weapons and warfare. And he's spends all his weekends at medieval reenactments and knows all the types of weapons and the, and the ways to use them. And they go back to medieval times, and I forget the rest of the plot of the book, but in the end, like, he chooses to stay, stay there. there because yeah. that's where he yeah. spent all his yeah. life studying yeah. this time period, and yeah. he is at home here, and yeah. everyone else goes back. So yeah. like, I think it starts, like, with an with a archaeological dig where they discover 
something that like chemically dates to being 700 years old but like refers to something modern or something and and they're like what the fuck and it, of course it's an artifact that they took back they later take back with them and gets left there but i love those time loop paradox movies I are love them. you going to scarborough fair parsley sage rosemary and time time travel we need to make a movie Remember spelling the, the time like that to one who lived there she once was a true love of mine. A movie about the spice trade called Time Travel. Hey, we could figure this out. We could figure this out. I know. Let's put this episode in a canister. Right. And shoot it into space so far that it goes back in time. That's never been tried. Yeah. Someone might listen to this and be like, What's this thing on the radio here in yep. 1942? So listen to this. 15, 18, 22, 59, 64. Those are the winning uh, lotto tickets for $193 million. That's what I liked about the time traveler so more than anything. How he realized that in order to treat this condition, he had to make life as easy as possible. So he made them wealthy. Right. by just knowing the future. I love that part of it. And because I love looking at houses and have rehabbed all these houses, I love their house hunting adventure where he keeps saying, no, this isn't the one. No, because oh, he knows the one. This isn't the one. And the one that it is stunning. Yeah. Just stunning. I, I, I can't say enough about it. Um, yeah, time is so, a flat circle. So your Rodriguez is, is over. You're back to reality with the whole family plus the kitten. <laughs> and, but it's not even like normal reality because there's still three weeks until school starts. That's what I right. call reality. So right. I'm here trying to work uh, while the kids are goofing around on their iPads. Right. Because it's life, school. Well, I tell you, man, life is grand. Hey, so in a couple of weeks, I'm not going to be able to record one week. You're because, such a slouch. Because what? I'm going to Croatia. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're going to Croatia, so let's record from there. Yeah, it might be. So the first in-person conference that I've been invited to since February 2020, they're going to fly me out to Croatia, and I have my double vax certificate with a big QR code on it. And they're, in theory, I'm going to be able to travel there and spend a week hanging out with uh, other computer a nerds. Week. It's a two-day conference. Is it true with, Croatia is the blues and rock and roll haven? I will tell you when I come back. I don't know. Maybe headbanger. Who knows, man? I learned it's where Nikola Tesla was born. Tell me more. There's a Tesla museum there. and But that's in the bigger city. I'm going to be on a coastal town. A coast of what body of water? It's the Mediterranean, I believe. But could be wrong. You need to put a map on your on the on the case notes mm. for today's episode. the case file, yes. case file. So anyway, that's not until September. So we still have uh, a couple more weeks. I'm off to O'Duffy's Pub, which I've spoken of many times. Oh, it's the Duffy's. only bar in town that serves Smittics on draft and the Out of Favor Boys, two man band, are playing tonight. Hopefully outside by the looks of things, and there'll be live music, and I might be able to join them for a set. I will certainly go prepared. Sweet. 
do regale us good, with the uh, these are good results. these are good times in Kalamazoo this opening and just the the, the the resurgence of the outdoor music it's so special and you're so thirsty for it and appreciative thankful I feel like when I'm there I'm praying the whole time I just it's just a tribute it's Kate and Edie and Oberon and Persephone all ready to jump into the water. It's you do this kinds of things now where the, it's music is good and it's right there in front of you and people are just so nice. So so nice. To be clear, you're saying you're going to be naked. I didn't say that, but you didn't deny yeah, it either. Yeah, we'll see how it works. That's my goal. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. We come into this world naked. And in this case, go to jail naked. <laughs> I don't know. They'd probably be. It would probably be. They wouldn't arrest me. They arrest me for assaulting the public good. It was right. like an uns unspeakable vision. So I, I got into my sports car the other day, and, and the fucking thing wouldn't work. Oh no! I got my jump pack out and tried to jump it, and it appeared that the jump pack either wasn't strong enough, or the problem wasn't the battery. I realized that upon entrance into the car, the light turned on fine and bright when I opened the door to get in, and. It appeared that it wasn't the batter, and I said, son of a bitch, it's a starter. So I got out my pipe, the non -starter. which is about four foot long, and, you smoked and I put the pipe in between the spark plugs from the hood of the engine and put it down to where the starter was and pounded the shit out of the starter. And that didn't work, and I thought, fuck it, I'm not pounding it hard enough or in the right spot, so I found another way with my pipe to pound the starter. And what I was pounding with the starter was basically pounding out the corrosion that was keeping the starter from being able to twirl. And just a battery sometimes gets puffy with debris because it's in a yeah. moist atmosphere and you have battery acid that forms. The brushes that are inside a starter that is required to, to, to get the whole thing moving can become corroded and, and a bit stuck. So my mechanic came over with it and he said, I need a hammer. I said, it's always good to see a mechanic when he's a hammer. And he went underneath the car, and he hit the hit it with a hammer, bang, and it started right up. So, good news is I replicated that guy. $500. Started. Pardon? And he charged you oh, $500. He actually, yeah, I, I gave him, uh, I think I might have given him a $100 bill. He was here for 30 minutes. It would have cost me $149 to assess the problem Right. had I taken it to a shop. Here, have a Benjamin. Pardon? You said, here, have a Benjamin. Yeah, have a Franklin. Yo, Franklin. Yo, listen, brother. I gotta move on. I know you got. Like you got. You got plans. Got I got plans, plans man. Uh, I got some plans. I gotta shuffle off this. I'll be the mayor of this town. You can. You can be the sheriff of of Happy Hour. I shot the sheriff. Wait, does that mean be the deputy? But I did not shoot the deputy. I shot the sheriff. But I did not shoot the deputy. All right, that's it for episode number one, two, three, one hundred and twenty-three of Happy Hour. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash one, two, three. If you'd like to support the show and see that special video where Dennis and I recorded live together, you can go to patreon.com slash happy hour and buy us around. See you next week. <laughs>